Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Severs and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad you could join us uh, for this week's podcast. Pastor Corey, good to be back with you. Uh, yeah, good to be back with you. Good to be with you, Tim. I just got a warning that said my internet connection was unstable. So who knows what's going to happen today? Let's make the best of it, Tim. I think this is our second attempt. So uh, folks, just have mercy out there. Sounds like a plan. Uh, so before we dive into the sermon scripture for this week, we wanted to share some announcements. Uh, first up was a update on our friends and partners in Malden. So what's going on in Malden that we can celebrate, Corey? All right. Thanks, Tim. Two major updates from Malden. Uh, Diana, uh, a single mom that we've been praying for and supporting uh, today when we're recording this Thursday, Tina and I are going to have lunch with her downtown at the caboose uh, and transfer uh, the final amount that is set aside for her. Uh, because she has received the gift of a, a newly built house by a Christian ministry. And um, our, our funds that have been generously given by church members and community folks uh, is going to go to helping her furnish her house and cover any um, extraneous bills she has. And so that's a real blessing that we get to be a part of that. So praise God for Diana and her new house and for uh, the gifts that are going to be used to help her stock her new home. Thank you, everyone. Uh, John and Carolyn, who are still praying for a new house, currently living for an R uh, currently living in an RV on their property, uh, which is which they have some more privacy doing that. But um, they're looking for an option to either get a loan to rebuild or uh, get in one of the programs that's being offered. So keep praying for their housing. But John and Carolyn, their truck broke down and had a lot of problems. They found a new used truck. Um, and so praise God for that. We had a lot of people praying for that. We were able to send them uh, a chunk of money that had been set aside for them, again, given by church members, community members. And so we're helping to pay a portion of their uh, their new truck, um, new used truck, new to them truck. So that's the praise reports from Malden. So good news. Uh, yeah, next awesome. thing I think we have to talk about, Tim, is in-person worship. You want to take the lead on that? Sure. Well, this starting this Sunday, uh, which is March 21st, for those of you who are keeping track, we're going to be having in-person live worship uh, in, in the church. So you can join us at 9 or 11 a.m. and we're going. you're going to be preaching live. Uh, this is the first time you'll be preaching live in the church <laughs> to an audience in about a year. And, uh, and then we'll also have live music and singing and um, we're just really looking forward to that time as we gather together to, to worship and, and to, to learn together. And so we hope people can join us for that. If you want to be there, uh, we'd love to know that you plan on coming. Um, so yeah, anything you want to share about that, Corey? No, I'm excited. We still have our online options and radio, uh, so just be aware of that. But there are in-person options, 9 and 11. For this week, March 21st, uh, there will be child care 
at the 11 o'clock service. So spread the news about that. Or if you have kids, uh, let us know you're coming. Um, we have limited amounts of childcare uh, for four and under at the 11 o'clock service, age four and under at the 11 o'clock service. No Sunday school yet. No Sunday school yet. Um, and, but we do have child care for age four and under at the 11 o'clock service. Looking forward to it. Um, next week, I think our next um, announcement is Holy Week. We got some Holy Week events. Um, so we, we're going to continue our virtual soup suppers on Wednesday nights at 630. Um, and that'll go through. The last one will be on March 31st, the, the Wednesday of Holy Week. Then you'll be leading a Maundy Thursday service at 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, uh, live in person at the sanctuary. There will also be a, an uploaded uh, Monday Thursday service online on our YouTube and Facebook, same time, 7.30 p.m. Thursday. Uh, we'll have a Good Friday service, same thing, 7.30 p.m., but on Friday, uh, in-person option and an online option uh, for Good Friday, 7.30 p.m. On sunrise uh, on resurrection sunday morning easter sunday morning april 4th this year uh, we'll have our sunrise service in person uh, and on radio uh, up at the palouse cemetery um, at 6 15 a.m so we can catch the sunrise that's 6 15 a.m in person um, at the cemetery music and a, a brief sermon up there and prayer um, celebrating the resurrection. Um, any Holy Week stuff? Oh, and then our regular services on Resurrection Sunday morning, 9 and 11 a.m. with child care at both services on April 4th. Um, but let us know that you're coming. Um, we have space for 60 people at each service, and that would be great if we fill up. We're not anticipating that, so don't worry about taking somebody else's seat, but we do like to have a heads up uh, knowing how many Many people are coming in order for us to prepare. So you can call us, text us, let us know in person, however. Awesome. Well, it's exciting to uh, to be thinking about Holy Week and being back together for that. And so, uh, yeah, lots lots to look forward to in the coming weeks. So we hope we hope that uh, the folks out there listening, watching to the podcast can, uh, if they feel comfortable, would love to see you at one of those services. Uh, and if not, uh, we'll love to see you online. So <laughs> uh, lots of options here. Yeah, and people have been asking, are the online services going to change? Uh, and the answer is not for now. Uh, so at least through Easter, we'll have 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. services, and there'll be online greeters. Um, so... Yeah, there will be online services with a real person greeting you online, and there will still be the radio option. So both in-person and online is, is going to be the way forward. Awesome. So um, great news in Malden, uh, great news for reopening at the church and, and Holy Week services. Um, just all around lots of good things happening here in Palouse and at Palouse Federated Church. And this Sunday, uh, you're going to be doing another good thing, which is preaching, uh, preaching in person and live. So we're excited about that. And 
the topic is from John's gospel as we continue our uh, That You May Believe series. And the scripture is about Jesus walking on water. So why don't you uh, walk us through <laughs> uh, a little bit of that story and, and some of your thoughts you've had about that this week. Sure thing, Tim. Hey, Tim, just as a uh, question here, are you, am I really choppy on your end or just delayed? Just delayed on my end. And I think the problem is that my computer was doing an update I didn't know about. Um, I've tried to stop it, but I don't know what's going on. You know, sometimes our life wants to update and we just can't so um can't stop won't stop all right john 6 uh verses 16 through 21 this is one of these sections that's short enough that i think we should read it uh some of the stuff in john it's been really lengthy to read on the podcast and we encourage you to read it on your own but i'll go ahead and read john 6 16 through 21 in the esv english standard version and this is after the feeding of 5,000 miracle, which was probably the feeding of 10,000, 12,000, 20,000 people um, and uh, deep into Jesus ministry. But uh, let's go ahead and read the walking on water miracle. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I. Do not be afraid. And I'll just say time out there. Uh, I don't like that particular translation. I, like, I would prefer it to say, I am. Do not be afraid. Because in the Greek, it is uh, two words, ego and me, ego, like E-G-O, like we would say ego, but just basically I am. Um, and it's not the word for it isn't even there. It's just I am. And it's the exact same language that we see Jesus using several times in the Gospel of John in very important ways, making I am statements. I am the bread of life. He's going to say, I am the living water. He had already said in John chapter four. I am the resurrection and the life, he's going to say in John 11. Uh, I am the great shepherd. Okay, I am the door for the sheep. He's got all these major I am statements. And here, he's also saying, I am, therefore, don't be afraid. Um, and Tim, just a little nugget, when he gets arrested, um, this is quite a timeout I'm taking in the text, but when he gets arrested, Later on, uh, and the, the, the people come to arrest him, Judas, you know, and the, the folks that come to arrest him, he said, they say, you know, who's Jesus, basically, and he says, I am, and they fall down, and that's also an ego, ego a me statement, an I am statement, and it's basically, why is that important? Because I am is the holy name for God that was introduced way back in Exodus 3, I am who I am, uh, God said to Moses from the burning bush. I am. God just is existence. He is the creator of all things, always has existed. Uh, I am is who God is. I am is who Jesus is. So he said to them, I am. Do not be afraid. Then 
they were glad to take him into the boat. Or some translations have, then they welcomed him into the boat, or then they uh, were willing to have him into the boat. I, again, like, in this case, I like the translation of they were glad, that their emotion shifted from frightened to glad. They were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat uh, was at the land to which they were going. Boom. Okay, that's the story. Awesome. Uh, after a major miracle of feeding, we see another miracle, a more private miracle for the disciples of Jesus in the midst of the storm, coming to the disciples uh, and calming them. We don't hear of the storm being calmed in this particular uh, case, but we hear of them being calmed, the storm in them being calmed. He comes to them, uh, joins them in the boat, declares, I am and their, their fear, their terror at him, notice their terror is not at the storm, their fear, or they're frightened at him, but that goes away by his statement, by his word, by his declaration that I am, don't be afraid. God is holy, God is great, God is magnificent, but God is also with us, God also draws near, and God doesn't want us to fear uh, being in his presence, God wants to forgive us and restore us so that we can be in his presence. So we need not fear. And then we can be glad that we are in the boat with him. And then when we have God with us, we get where, where God wants us to go. And so do they, they get to the shore that seemed like a far distance, but with God with us, um, the distances in this world and the distance between life and death, the, the distance between our soul and the kingdom of, of heaven to God, those are no big deal at at all. So, um, yeah, what a wonderful story. When you read this story, Tim, and I'm sure you've read it more than once, you probably read the similar account of Matthew and Mark. Uh, I know you studied it with the men's study this week. Uh, what are the what are the things, the juicy stuff that jumps out to you with this with this story? Oh, the juicy stuff that jumps out at me. Um, well, I think for me, uh, I guess the do not be afraid is kind of what sticks out to me. Um, and that's, and that follows, of course, the declaration, uh, I am, uh, that you have, you've been talking about uh, for a little bit there. Uh, but that kind of this idea that in the midst of the storm, and you don't really get as much of an idea about the storm and this, uh, in this uh, telling of the story as you do in some of the other gospel stories. So that's kind of an interesting, um, it's, int it's interesting to, to take a look at the other stories too and how they all fit together. Uh, but I love this idea that in the midst of the storm and the uncertainty, and it must've been terrifying and they're fishermen. Some of them are fishermen who are used to being on the sea, but being in the sea in a storm is a different, that's a different, uh, a different game. And I know uh, one time, uh, Tracy Lee's parents took us out on the sailboat in the uh, Saginaw Bay on Lake Michigan, or excuse me, Lake Huron. Uh, forgive my forgive my slip up there. It's the opposite side, the eastern side of the state. And I don't I don't know how big those waves that, were. But that must be boat, a major foul for Michigan people to get the lake wrong, right? It, it is. Yeah. Like, did we we just lose we just lost several listeners and viewers. Because it's, it's like awful. he's been away too long from Michigan. <laughs> We're done with him. It could be. Sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's on the Saginaw Bay of Lake Huron, and uh, you, you, need, know, you, you need you need 
you need more tchotchkes in your life. Is that how you say it? More gi giant donuts. Is Punch that what comes from Michigan? Punch, Punch keys. keys. I always say tchotchkes. Okay. Tchotchke, I don't know what that is. Tchotchke, Punch keys. Yeah, that's a, a very special donut, isn't it? Isn't it? All right. Donuts, not enough. To, but that would, I think, restore your Michigan geography if you could just have more of that soul food. That, that so if there's anybody listening that could send Tim and maybe an additional punch key for other people that are near Tim, um, <laughs> that would be good. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Tim. You were trapped in a boat on Lake Michigan. Lake Huron. Aha, I tested you. Okay, yeah, good job. Lake Huron. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were, we were up, I think the waves were... Uh, uh, three or four feet or something like that but uh, that it was scary it was terrifying and it was daylight so I can't even imagine in the dark uh, being out in that water we got safe to shore and we weren't far out or anything but the the idea that Jesus says here uh, you know with him you do not need to be afraid of the physical storm that was happening or the storm that they may have been experiencing in inside that inner turmoil or, or fear that they had uh, mm -hmm. as well. So with Jesus, you do not need to be afraid. Amen. Yeah. Uh, this cup makes me think about the uh, Lake Chelan. Have you ever been on Lake Chelan? I, uh, I haven't. It's a long lake and you can get a long ways from civilization. And, and when I was a boy scout, uh, we did a 50, 50, um, I think over a 10 day span or something, we canoed 50 miles and we hiked 50 miles it, all on the same camping trip. And um, so I'm out there on the lake and it wasn't a storm, but it was, it was scary for me. And I didn't have Jesus in my boat. Um, I had a kid named Eddie. <laughs> it was me and Eddie in this canoe. And we were we were far away from our leaders who had a motorboat to kind of keep track of us. And you could get quite a distance from your other friends in another canoe, you know, and no cell phones, you know, none of that. We're just in our canoes with our paddles and a little bit of food. And Eddie, I think I may have told this story before, but Eddie decides to to, to point out somebody to me and it's, you know, to you know, encourage me or something says, Hey, look, Corey over there. And I forget who he said it was, you know, so I look over there and then the next thing I know crash, he's hitting me over the head with his canoe paddle in the middle of Lake Chelan. He just clobbered me with a pretty decent size wooden paddle um, over the head. And uh, there was nothing I could do about it. Uh, he thought it was funny. He wasn't trying to assault me. It didn't get worse. Like, you know, he killed me and then threw me overboard or something. But but I had a ringing headache and I'm in the middle of Lake Chelan. I can't stand up and punch him in the face because I'm in the middle of Lake Chelan. I, I don't want to hit him with a paddle because that's dumb. And that's just what he did to me. But it was it was it was maddening. I don't know if it was frightening. And I don't know if it really connects with this story now that I think of it. But anyway, been nice. Don't you had the had the assurance that Jesus was there with you and you need not be afraid of falling into the water, washing up on the shore of Lake Chelan or whatever. <laughs> yes. Amen. And if you could choose between Jesus or Eddie in your boat, choose, choose Jesus, Jesus every time. Every time. <laughs> every time.
I don't know if that's a very applicable point. Like a lot of you aren't struggling with that, but but sometimes maybe we invite people into our boat that, you know, you know, whether it's a significant other, we want them to be our savior, uh, a business partner, riches, uh, a degree, you know, nothing can be Jesus. There is no substitute for Jesus being in your boat, Jesus being the king of your life. Uh, everything else will leave you with a spiritual headache. Boom. I just connected it. All right. Good. Uh, <laughs> Mic drop. Awesome. Was that a mic drop? That's, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good connection, though. No, that was great. Well, I, I, I really do think this is a key part of the story. This, I, I think the, the I am statement and, and then the result is this uh, lack of fear or th that they don't need to be afraid. And, and, and that's a repeated theme throughout the scripture uh, about Jesus and his identity. And, you know, do not be afraid. Um, and then, so, so yeah, I think those are key in the scripture and, and I hope as people look at it, they really think about, well, what does that, what does that mean for me? And so you can, you know, you said, you know, we, we invite people into our boat or whatever. And I, I kind of like that analogy or that, that you're, you've, you've shared Corey and, and, you know, we have family in our boat. We have work situations in our boat. We have, uh, and a lot of it revolves around people and all that stuff is going on inside of your boat. Well, if you don't invite Jesus, chances are things are not going to go right. Uh, and things, uh, and Jesus will make what's happening in your life. Uh, it'll be, it'll be easier to tackle with Jesus in the boat than without him. Um, and so, mm. oh, if, if you're going through a situation, uh, a relation, you have relationship stress, if you have uh, financial stress in your life, if you uh, have job stress uh, of some sort where you don't, you, you're having difficulty navigating relationships, well, stop what you're doing and invite Jesus into the boat and uh, see if he can help bring, if, if, you trust on, if you trust in Jesus, he will bring peace and help you navigate the situation, I think. And so, uh, whatever situation yeah. that is, uh, don't make Jesus the last person you invite to your boat. Make him the first person you invite uh, every day. Amen. He, he, he definitely seems like he's setting up those type of lessons, right? By not being in the boat with them in the first place and then by joining them. And you can read the other Gospels and see, hmm, did he set this up? And it really does seem like he set this up to teach him this kind of stuff that, you know, for the future of after he's resurrected and everything, they still are going to have to make this choice. Do we believe Jesus is with us? Is he our leader? Are we going out on our own kind of rowing senselessly or are we inviting him in and following his lead? And we're in the same boat as disciples, right? We can kind of just struggle through life and are we really getting there or do what we were created to do and be in relationship with God, have him leading our life, take our lead from him, the, the awesome thing, like Tim's saying, is we get his peace, we get his instruction and um, his leadership, you know, the leadership of Christ in your life. Um, uh, such such good news. Um, I like that part. I mean, once he's the leader in the boat for them, notice they get where they're going immediately. Um, just immediately. And I, I take that as a second miracle. Um, you know, if the walking on the water is one miracle here in the John account, the second one is this 
immediate transportation. Some see that as just the, the, that when Jesus is with you, the time doesn't matter anymore. Okay, you can have it that way too. But uh, I, I take it that, the, 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 that, you know, if he's already doing a miracle, he's, it's kind of this, these miracles together, um, that he, he wants to show them that when he's with them, that's when they will arrive. Um, you know, what do you think about that immediate transportation uh, deal? I wish I wish that happened to me sometimes that I could just get where I'm going <laughs> with your bus route my bus route or whatever <laughs> can we just automatically get the kids dropped off like <laughs> I don't know um or you know I yeah I do think there's uh that that there's a lot going on here and I like that you you call that out um maybe there's a you know, the walking on water, the calming of the storm, the boat going immediately to the shore. Maybe there's three miracles there. Uh, I don't, I don't know, but it's amazing, uh, all of it. And it really, I guess, what's cool too is it shows, uh, you know, in the in the previous, uh, in the previous miracle story with the feeding of the five thousand, we had uh, Jesus kind of shows his sovereignty over. Um, or sovereignty and his power over the little and that he was able to make much out of nothing pretty much for a crowd that size. And here we have uh, a power over nature kind of miracle too, though it's not quite as evident in this telling as it is in the others. Um, but he's walking on water. That's not how the world works. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've tried walking on water. I just fall through the water when I've tried um, to the bottom. So uh, he's over all of that and powerful over all of that. And, and so I think that's, that's uh, kind of cool too. Uh, another aspect of the, the miracle story. Yeah. And I know there are some people who miracles are really hanging up for them and they struggle with that. And they're always looking for a, what we might call a naturalistic interpretation. And I'd love to talk with you about that, or I have some things you could read to, to think about that. I, I think, you know, when we see Jesus, it's not that he's anti the natural world, that God set up the natural laws, uh, the created laws of the universe, um, gravity and surface tension of water and uh, buoyancy and all the things that might be at play here. Um, but I think God is also, as the author of the laws, wanting to show that he is greater than the laws of even the natural order. It's not that he's against the natural order, um, but showing that he has entered into the created order and is stronger than it itself. And therefore can, can um, you know, the order that appears to be like death, you die and you stay dead. Well, he's greater than that order. Uh, he's greater than that apparent law of death. Um, and so uh, when you read these miracles in a row of, the feeding miracle, walking on water, changing the weather, uh, changing the storm inside their hearts, uh, getting to an immediate uh, destination. Those are all major miracles. Um, and, I, you know, especially the ones that involve substances like bread, water, moving a boat from one place to another immediately. Those are all miracles in our, our rules of physics that I know some scientific people would really struggle with. But let's think of this. If there is a God who can 
intervene and supersede in his rules and wants to show us that, wouldn't it be good news that that God demonstrated that to us in order to show us the greater message that he uh, can supersede the, the powers of this world that constrain us like death, like evil, like pain? Um, you know, so uh, if there is this good God that loves us enough that comes to us and made all things, then I don't think it's much of a leap to believe that this God could supersede the natural order or work within it in a way. You know, this is one of the things C.S. Lewis says in his book, Miracles, is that maybe some of the miracles God is doing aren't supernatural in a sense that he's working in nature in ways that we don't know. <laughs> Speeding up the space-time continuum, we just do that. In fact, I read an article about uh, a, a theory of what could make faster than light speed of light travel possible and how much energy it would take. And there's, there's a device that people have theorized to make it possible, but the amount of energy it would take is just crazy. And, and yet what for God, if God wants to do something like that, there is a God that, you know, I believe in that, that could do that. Then for him, that's, that's not a big deal. And that would be really good news if that God existed and loves us so much that comes to us. And then even though he has all this energy at his disposal can make, you know, uh, infinite, infinitely fast travel happen just just because he wants to is also the God that's going to lay down his life for us. Um, so I think seeing his miracles in light of his ministry, uh, particularly his sacrifice, is really essential. So when you think of his miracles, don't think of them as separate acts of his overall identity and his ongoing mission of to go to the cross and to rise from the dead. Uh, because I think they're all connected. And sometimes we do that with Jesus. We parse him up into miracle worker, teacher, you know, and, and it's all, it's all together. Yeah. The same, same guy, same story. Right. Yeah. Anyway, big, yeah. Awesome, amazing story. Uh, that yeah. God is more than we could ever imagine. And uh, we could use some more of more of that in our life. So more cool. God more God, more God. And that's our theme. For lunch, right. So, yeah. uh, well, that's great. That's an encouraging talk, Corey. And is there anything else you want to say before we wrap things up? No, I mean, we're recording pretty close to when I'm going to walk down to the caboose with Tina to have lunch with uh, Diana from Alden. So uh, we need to wrap up and have a great day, everybody, whenever you're listening or watching and uh, share and give us a good rating. And I'll cool. let Tim take us out. Great. Well, uh, good to be back with you, Pastor Corey, as always. And thank you all for listening and watching. This has been Tim and Corey coming to you from our Zoom studios here in the rolling hills of Palouse, Washington. And we hope you have a blessed week. Until next time.